The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. This is the London Visited Podcast on your favourite podcast provider, bringing to you the facts, history and information about different parts of this great capital. If you have been to London, are planning on visiting, live here or just love London from afar, then this is the podcast for you. Hi there, I'm Steve and welcome to our podcast. We're here for all things London and to tell you more behind some of the iconic places and people in London's history. In this episode, we go to a well-known station and area known as Charing Cross. Don't forget to visit and subscribe to our YouTube channel, London Visited, to see videos covering this place and so many others across London. Also, if you love the podcast and the channel, why not join us as a member? Join our group of what we like to call our London Visited Crown Jewels, where there are many different benefits, including a members-only monthly podcast. Have a look by going to www.patreon.com forward slash London Visited. And now to this week's podcast. Charing Cross is the name of a junction in London, where six routes meet. Clockwise from north, these are the east side of Trafalgar Square leading to St Martin's Place, then Charing Cross Road, the Strand leading to the city, Northumberland Avenue leading to the Thames Embankment, Whitehall leading to Parliament Square, the Mall leading to Admiralty Arch and Buckingham Palace, and two short roads leading to Pall Mall. The name also commonly refers to Queen Eleanor Memorial Cross at Charing Cross Station. A bronze equestrian statue of Charles I, erected in 1675, stands high on a plinth, situated roughly where a medieval monument had previously stood for 353 years, since its construction in 1294. Until destroyed in 1647 by Cromwell and his revolutionary government, the famously beheaded king, appearing ascendant, is the work of French sculptor Hubert Le Cire. The aforementioned Queen Eleanor Memorial Cross Monument, the Charing Cross, was the largest and most ornate instance of a chain of medieval Eleanor crosses, running from Lincoln to this location. It was a landmark for many centuries of the hamlet of Charing, Westminster, which later gave way to government property. A little of the Strand of Trafalgar Square. The cross in its various historical forms has lent its name to its locality, and especially Charing Cross Station. On the forecourt of this terminus station stands the ornate Queen Eleanor Memorial Cross, a taller emulation of the original, and built to mark the station's opening in 1864, at the height and in the epicentre of the Gothic Revival, after the Palace of Westminster's rebuilding before Westminster Cathedral's construction. Until 1931, Charing Cross also referred to the north end of Whitehall between Great Scotland Yard and Trafalgar Square. Since the 19th century, Charing Cross has been the notional centre of London, and now is the point from which distances from London are measured. Erect a rich and stately carved cross, whereon her statue shall with glory shine, and henceforth see you call it Charing Cross. George Peel, the famous chronicle of King Edward I, from 1593. The name of the lost hamlet, Charing, is derived from the Old English word most hopefully spelt, Sering, a river bend, in this case thus meaning in the Thames. The suffix cross refers to the Eleanor Cross made between 1291 and 1294, 
by order of King Edward I as a memorial to his wife Eleanor of Cassel. At the time, this place comprised little more than wayside cottages serving the royal muse in the northern area of today's Trafalgar Square and built specifically for the Palace of Whitehall, today much of the east side of Whitehall. A debunked folklore ran that the name is a corruption of Dear Queen in French, but the name predates Eleanor's death by at least 100 years. The stone cross was the work of a medieval sculptor, Alexander of Abington. It was destroyed in 1647 on the orders of the purely parliamentarian phase of the Long Parliament, or Oliver Cromwell himself, in the Civil War. A 70 feet 21 meters high stone sculpture in front of Charing Cross Station, placed there in 1865, it is a re-imaging of the medieval cross on which a larger scale, more ornate, and not on the original site. It was designed by the architect E. M. Barry and carved by Thomas Earp of Lambeth out of Portland stone, Mansfield stone, a fine sandstone, and Aberdeen granite. It stands at 203 metres to the northeast of the original cross, focal to the station forecourt, facing the Strand. Since 1675, the site of the cross has been occupied by a statue of King Charles I, mounted on a horse. The site is recognised by modern convention as the centre of London for the purpose of indicating distances whether by roadwork or generally, in preference to other measurement points, such as St Paul's Cathedral, which remains as the root of the English and Welsh part of the Great Britain road numbering system. Charing Cross is marked on the modern maps as the road junction and is used in street numbering for today's section of Whitehall between Great Scotland Yard and Trafalgar Square. Since the 1st of January 1931, this segment has been more logically and officially become the northern end of Whitehall. The rebuilding of a monument to resemble the one lost under Cromwell's Low Church, Britain, took place in 1864 in Britain's main era of the medieval revivalism. The next year, the memorial was completed and Cardinal Wiseman died, the first Archbishop of Westminster, having been appointed such in 1850, with many Anglican churches also having been restored or recreated their medieval ornamentations by the end of the century. By this time, England was at the epicentre of the Gothic revival. It was intertwined with deeply philosophical movements associated with the reawakening of high church, or Anglo-Catholic, self-belief, concerned by the growth of religious non-conformism. The cross, having been revived, gave its name to a railway station, a tube station, a police station, a hospital, a hotel, a theatre, and a music hall, which had lain beneath the arches of the railway station. Charing Cross Road, the main route from the north, which became the east side of Trafalgar Square, was named after the railway station, itself a major destination for traffic, rather than the original cross. At some time between 1232 and 1236, the chapel and hospital of St Mary Roundsfall was founded at Charing. It occupied land on the corner of the modern Whitehall and into the centre of Northumberland Avenue, running down to a wharf by the river. It was an Augustarian house, tied to a mother house in the Pyrenees. The house and lands were seized for the king in 1379, under a statute for the forfeiture of lands and schismic aliens. Protracted legal action returned some of the rights to the prior, but in 1414, Henry V suppressed the alien houses. The priory fell into long decline, owing to a lack of money and arguments regarding the collection of titles with the parish church in St. Martin in the Fields. In 1541, religious artefacts were moved to St. Margaret's. The chapel was adapted as a private house. Its almshouse was sequestered to the royal palace. In 1608 to 1609, the Earl of Northampton built Northumberland House on the eastern portion of the property. In June 1874, 
the whole of the Duke's property at Charing Cross was purchased by the Metropolitan Board of Works for the formation of Northumberland Avenue. The frontage of the Roundsville property caused the narrowing at the end of the Whitehall entry into Charing Cross and formed the section of Whitehall formerly known as Charing Cross, until road widening in the 1930s caused the rebuilding of the south side of the street, creating the current wide thoroughfare. In 1554, Charing Cross was the site of the final battle of Wyatt's Rebellion. This was an attempt by Thomas Wyatt and others to overthrow Queen Mary I of England, soon after her accession to the throne and replace it with Lady Jane Grey. Wyatt's army had come from Kent and with London Bridge barred to them, had crossed the river by what was then the next bridge upstream at Hampton Court. Their route brought them down St Martin's Lane to Whitehall. The palace was defended by 1,000 men under Sir John Gage at Charing Cross. They retreated within Whitehall after firing their shot, causing consternation within. Thinking the force had changed sides, the rebels, themselves fearful of artillery on higher ground around St James's, did not press their attack and marched on to Ludgate, where they were met by the Tower garrison and surrendered. The Eleanor Cross was pulled down by Order of Parliament in 1647, at the time of the English Civil War, becoming subject of a popular royalist ballad. Methinks the common council should, of it have taken pity. Cuss, good old cross, it always stood, so firmly in the city. Since crosses you so much disdain, faith, if I were you, for fear the king should rule again, I'd pour down Tyburn too. Extract from the downfall of Charing Cross. At the Restoration, 1660 or shortly after, eight of the regicides were executed here, including the notable fifth monarchist, Colonel Thomas Harrison. A statue of Charles I was, likewise in Charles II's reign, erected on the site. This had been made in 1633, in the reign of King Charles I, but in 1649, Parliament ordered a man to destroy it. However, he instead hid it and brought it back to the new King Charles II, Charles I's son, and his Parliament, who had the statue erected here in 1675. A prominent pillory, where male factors were publicly flogged, stood alongside for centuries. About 200 yards to the east was the Hungerford Market, established at the end of the 16th century, and to the north was the King's Mews, or Royal Mews, the stables for the Palace of Whitehall, and thus the King's own presence at the Houses of Parliament, Palace of Westminster. The whole area of the broad pavements of what was a three-way main junction, with private stables turn-off, was a popular place of street entertainment. Samuel Pepys records in his diaries visiting the taverns and watching the entertainments and executions that were held there. This was combined with the south of the Mews when Trafalgar Square was built on the site in 1832, the rest of the stable yard becoming the National Gallery primarily. A major London coaching inn, the Golden Cross, first mentioned in 1643, faced this junction. From here in the 18th and 19th century, coaches linked various terminuses of Dover, Brighton, Bath, Bristol, Cambridge, Holyhead and York. The inn features in Sketches of Boys by David Copperfield, The Pickwick Papers by Charles Dickens. In the latter, the dangers to the public safety of quite low archway to access the inn's coaching yard were memorably pointed out by Mr Jingle. Heads take care of your heads, cried the loquacious stranger as they came out under a low archway which in those days formed the entrance to the coachyard. Terrible place, dangerous work, other day, five children, mother, tall lady, eating sandwiches, forgot the arch, crash, knock, children look round, mother's head off, sandwich in her hand, no mouth to put it in, head off, family off. 
The story echoes an accident of the 11th of April 1800, when the Chatham and Rochester coach was emerging from the gateway of the Golden Cross, and a young woman sitting on top threw her head back to prevent her striking against the beam. But there being so much luggage on the roof of the coach as to hinder her laying back sufficiently, caught her face and tore her flesh in a dreadful manner. The inn and its yard, pillory, and what remained of the Royal Mews made way for Trafalgar Square, and a new Golden Cross Hotel was built here in the 1830s, on the triangular block fronted by South Africa House. A nod to this made by some offices on the Strand, in a building named Golden Cross House. The railway station opened in 1864, fronted on the Strand, with a Charing Cross Hotel. In 1865, a replacement cross was commissioned by E.M. Barry by the South Eastern Railway, as a centrepiece for the station forecourt. It is not a replica, being of ornate Victorian Gothic design based on George Gilbert Scott's Oxford Martyrs Memorial from 1838. The cross rises 70 feet 21 meters in three stages on an octagonal plan, surmounted by a sphere and cross. The shields in the panels of the first stage are copied from the Eleanor crosses and bear the arms of England, Castle, Leon, and Pontau. Above the second parapet are eight statues of Queen Eleanor. The cross was designated a Grade II monument on the 5th of February 1970. The month before, the bronze equestrian statue of Charles on a pedestal of carved Portland stone was given Grade I listed protection. By the late 18th century, the Charing Cross district was increasingly coming to be perceived as the centre of the metropolis, supplanting the traditional heartland of the city to the east. From the early 19th century, Legislation applicable only to London Metropolis used Charing Cross as a central point to define its geographical scope. Legislation applicable only to the London Metropolis used Charing Cross as a central point to define its geographical scope. Its later use in legislation waned in favour of providing a schedule of local government areas and became mostly obsolete with the creation of Greater London in 1965. Road distances from London continue to be measured from Charing Cross. Prior to its selection as a commonly agreed central datum point, various points were used for this purpose. John Ogilby's Britannia of 1675, of which editions and derivations continued to be published throughout the 18th century, used the Standard, a former conduit head, in Cornhill, while John Carey's new itinerary of 1798 used the General Post Office in Lombard Street. The milestones on the main turnpike roads were mostly measured from their terminus, which was peripheral to the free passage urban London roads. Ten of these are notable, Hyde Park Corner, Whitechapel Church, the southern end of London Bridge, the east end of Westminster Bridge, Shoreditch Church, Tyburn Turnpike, Marble Arch, Holborn Bars, St Giles's Pound, Hicks Hall, as to the Great North Road, and the Stones End in the Borough. Some roads into Surrey and Sussex were measured from St Mary Le Church in the city. Some of these structures were later moved or destroyed, but reference to them persisted as if they still remained in place. An exaggerated but well-meaning criticism was that all the books of roads published differ to the situation of milestones and instead of being a guide to the traveller serve only to confound him. William Camden speculated in 1586 that Roman roads in Britain had been measured from London stone, a claim thus widely repeated but unsupported by archaeological or other evidence. To the east of Charing Cross Road is Charing Cross Railway Station, situated on the Strand. On the other side of the river, connected to the pedestrian Golden Jubilee Bridges, are Waterloo East and Waterloo Stations. So, I hope you've enjoyed our look at Charing Cross, what you would think now is purely a railway station, but when you look that far back in history, wow, that's had some things. 
and also one of the final battles in London as well. If you'd like to make contact with us or suggest any places you'd like us to feature in future podcasts, you can let me know through our website, www.londonvisited.co.uk or through our social media. It's that easy. Thanks for listening. Really hope you enjoyed our podcast and we'll see you soon on the next one. Bye. Thanks for listening and please don't forget to subscribe to get more shows direct to your device. Also, why not visit our London Visited YouTube channel to get even more of London. Catch you soon on the next one.